Welcome back, friends, to the Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and today we have the beautiful Stephanie Gillis Paulgard with us. She is the mastermind owner, all things boss babe behind Take Roots PR Consulting. And we're excited to hear her story today. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you here and get to hear your story. Please give our viewers, our viewers, it's not like you guys can see us, our audience, <laughs> an introduction to you about who you are and what you do, et cetera, and then we'll jump right on in. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. We tried this once before, everyone, and technology is not always my friend, um, so I'm thrilled to be back. Just a little bit of a background. I've been in PR and marketing for over 20 years. And I've worked in a variety of different industries, whether that was biotech, pharmaceutical, nonprofit space, private, public, all of the things. And six years ago, I made the decision that I was going to go out on my own and start my own agency. And did I have it all figured out? No, but I had a supporting uh, supportive partner and he knew that I wanted to spend more time at home, less time on a plane, um, doing all the corporate stuff. And so Take Roots was born. But, you know, I'm a podcaster, too, but I'm also a blogger and I'm an ultra running mom. I have two teenage boys. I try to fit it all in. I'm juggling. And most of the time I'm a hot mess. But, uh, you know, storytelling. Amazing dance moves on TikTok. Well, you know, I mean, if, if, if people need to be entertained, um, I do like to provide a little bit of entertainment value over on TikTok. So you can absolutely see that. And I may bring that to Instagram Reels at some point. It's not on the docket just yet, but I really, really love it because I need to be able to showcase as a small business owner, you know, I'm not the only one that does what I do, but I'm the only me. And I feel like by showing not just you know, the credibility side of, you know, I've, I have these certain accomplishments, but I want people to get, you know, to see a side of my personality because when they hire me, they get all of me, right? you know, and, and I think that that's really important um, to be able to showcase. And now with, you know, things like reels and stories and TikToks and Pinterest and all of those other things and going live, you can really make connections with people that you couldn't before, that you were hoping that they might stop the scroll by looking at a pretty picture or a funny meme and reading a caption and hoping to engage with them there. And don't get me wrong, I still encourage people to try that. Right. But now I think we just have opened up and podcasting has blown up, you know, since the pandemic. And, and, you know, I mean, we've done an awful lot of pivoting. Let's put it that way. Indeed we have. Yes, very much so. So when you started, well, I know we're going to get into your story. You're probably going to share about it, but um, I want to hear more about when you started um, your business, when you did that pivot did you have like any plan at all? Or were you just like, okay, I'm tired of this and I want to do this. I'm just going to go for it. Oh gosh. You know, it is, it's an interesting story and I kind of get goosebumps going back. Cause I, I remember exactly the coffee shop I was sitting in. I remember exactly who was sitting across from me at the time when I wasn't feeling overly fulfilled in my corporate role, you know, when it was, a fairly high profile job and the paycheck was nice, but um, in the work that I do, you know, as somebody who works with media and does crisis management and everything, you're, you're kind of on all the time. It's a 24 seven 
type of role. And I was feeling a little burnt out and maybe not appreciated as much as somebody would want. And a past um, individual that I had worked with, fairly short term, you know, a few months, he had called me up and asked me to go for coffee. And at the time he sat across from me and no, he didn't know what I was feeling or going through in my mind about my current, you know, job situation. Right. But he was ready to do something quite interesting and exciting for his own business. And he looked across the table, you know, we're enjoying our lattes. And he said, Stephanie, I need you. You're the only person that can take this company to the next level. Oh, wow. And I kind of sat there and yeah, and had that wow moment. Like that's like, that's a lot. Like that, like that, like that's a lot. And like, are you proposing? I, like what, what? Yeah, like, like what's going on here? And, and really what it meant when I go back and I look at that and, and he's still to this day, even though I've told him, I said, I really don't think you know what that meant to me when you said it, because I was having all of these internal struggles. And my husband knew I didn't want to get on the plane back on the plane on Monday and leave my two little ones. And, you know, you're making sacrifices all the time because you, you think that's what you're supposed to do because you, you know, you got to provide, you got to do, you're, you're going to make a great life for the family, all of the things. And when that individual said that to me, because I was beaten down, it was this aha of how is it that this man who I spent a fairly short amount of time with working in a different capacity has so much faith in me, right? That he is, you know, invited me to coffee and he's saying these words and I don't have this faith in myself. Yeah. I was like, like, those are big big. words, big moments of going, huh? Yeah. Which got me thinking a lot. Like, and it all happened really fast from there. I was like, okay, I think there might be something here because I've had the pleasure of working with the most amazing human beings. And I've built such strong relationships over my corporate career, which span almost 20 years, right? That I thought, huh, you know, business is about relationships. Let's not kid ourselves. That's what it's about. And this man is telling me this, oh my gosh. So I go home and I sit with it. Like the drive home is like, oh my God, the mind is racing. And it was really about, okay. (laughs) Yeah, like it's like what? But you know, so I so I did get on the plane. And I got on the plane for three more months, but all in the back, all in the background, I was already laying the plans, putting the pieces together, making sure that I was ready to just go, okay, fine. And one of the last, you know, plane rides in that particular case was to fly to another, you know, I'm joining you from Canada. So another province to sit in a CEO's office of a, you know, over $2 billion revenue, you know, type company a year and tell him that I'm leaving because I wanted to tell him, you know, and um, that was really important to me, even when I was making that decision to make sure that I had served the organization to the best of my ability. And now I was going to take those skills and be able to serve more people 
and, and really be able to interact with people differently and deepen relationships. Because again, business is about relationships. My husband was fully supportive. And um, from the time that that meeting happened in April, it was the end of April and Take Roots was born, you know, silently born um, a, a less than a week later. And then, you know, those other stages. So, but it was that moment of somebody else telling me that they had so much faith in what I could do when I did not yeah. have faith in myself because I had been beaten down. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. And I think we've all fe feel felt that at oh, some yeah. point. Right. Most definitely. I was going to say, it's amazing what someone who respects you and sees what you're capable of and knows what you're capable of and believes in you. It's amazing how just those words of, faith and trust and encouragement and appreciation, right? Because that's what you were lacking mm -hmm. um, can just change everything. And so you can appreciate then that uh, Jess, I mean, he was clearly the first client I signed. Yeah. You know, and, and to this day, um, working on a project uh, right now for that particular okay. client, but it was, but it was that. And then when, when I did make the announcement, you know, um, you know, doing all the LinkedIn and the this and that, but reaching out to some people right. that again, had now taken on new roles since my, my work with them in past corporate days, and now they are all clients, right? Um, so but it just shows the power of relationships. Yeah, very much so. It really does show the power of relationships. And I love that it shows how important relationships are to you and what your integrity is that you flew all the way back to that boss to go meet with him face to face to let him know that you were leaving after that long. Because how many people mm -hmm. would just like send an email or leave a voice? It's hard, right? It's hard yeah. when you've checked out. <laughs> it's, it's hard yeah. when you're not feeling it. Um, but again, uh, you know, for anyone who's listening and, and maybe in the middle of that same struggle or a similar struggle, just know that as much as the world feels really big, sometimes the world is really small right. and we are all connected and coming back from a place of, you know, I, I knew in my heart, and I say this a lot, I come from a place of abundance. What I was lacking was the confidence in my, in myself. I, but I knew things would come and, you know, it, was it easy? No, I think be, making the decision to become an entrepreneur is the most courageous thing to walk away from the stability of a paycheck to go. I believe that I can do something here and, you know, failure. I also call them lessons, you know, lessons are going to happen, but failure really in that typical um, definition sense is not an option. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not to say that people haven't been hit hard in this last, you know, 16, 18 months, because we have, we really have. And the small business owners in particular, you know, those small little restaurants, those, you know, service-based businesses that couldn't even provide the service, right? You know what I'm saying? Like how many, how many weddings did you have to say no to? How many, how many got canceled? How many got postponed? How many, you know? And so my hope is that through all of it, we have a deeper appreciation for the power of relationship. We have a deeper appreciation for the strength that we have somewhere deep within us to find a way to pivot 
yeah. and and change things up and and change isn't easy no. but one of my favorite lines is feel the fear and do it anyway because what do we have to lose yeah it's definitely scary but you're right like what do you have to lose it's either going to work or it's not like it's not going to be like the end of your life you know mm-hmm. it's not gonna, um well, hopefully in most situations, those, those types of choices are not going to like take away your home. You're not, it's yes. not going to be life world ending. For yes. And we hope with the right planning, out. right? That's yeah. why planning is important. And even with, listen, nobody thought um, COVID was going to happen, let alone be around for as long as it has yeah. been. And I think that the pivoting that we've all seen, you know, to, you know, in-person events to virtual events, from, you know, uh, having things like Clubhouse or TikTok to entertain us or empower us or share knowledge and do networking differently. This is what people need to be open to. The um, old days of this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. And this is how we're going to continue to do it. If people were stuck there, if they've been (laughs) stuck there for 18 months, then chances are it probably hasn't been going well. But when we open ourselves up, open our minds up to the possibility, um, not being scared as much. And I think there's always a part of us that is worried about judgment. Um, That's why imposter syndrome and things like that. People are talking about it a lot now. But know that there is something that you have. There is a skill that you have that can add value to someone else's journey. So if people are thinking about going, you know, and becoming an entrepreneur, or maybe they're thinking about taking their side hustle full time, like they figured it out and they want to do that. I mean, more power to you. I just have mad respect for anyone who wants to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the main key, right? Is having the willingness and the drive to step through that scary part and still push to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're motivated for a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. You know, I love that, you know, and, and listen, financially, is it always great when both, um, you know, uh, partners are entrepreneurs? Maybe not. Um, but does it demonstrate to my kids that they can do hard things Most of that they have, you know, that I'm not going to say that's a bad idea. I want them to try. I want them to try everything and anything. I mean, my 15 year old, um, he, he started flipping things last summer. You know, he loves, he has the entrepreneurial bug. He loves to be able to go to garage sales or go, you know, go to thrift shops and he'll find the deal and he will resell that thing. And, you know, when I tell him all the time and he's watched Gary V's videos, you know, like that's inspiring stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of kids that want to be able to do that. And he, he found that on his own. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love watching Gary V's videos when he's going into the garage cells (laughs) looking for stuff. (laughs) Especially when people have no idea who he is. Right. 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 There was was one I absolutely loved where um, I was like, that was such an amazing score where he found like boxes of manga books. Uh, Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like hundred. He's done it with pins, Olympic pins. He's done it with coffee mugs that are, you know, I mean, it's almost like at this point, anything he touches turns to gold, Um, (laughs) you know, and while there's no guarantee, I mean, clearly he's got a little bit more money to do things with nowadays than what he started out with. But when you hear 
the humble nature of the story of how it all got going and what really fuels the fire. And people need to find that. They need to find their fire. You know, people say, find your passion, do, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, if you want to call it passion, great. Whatever gets you up in the morning and says, today's going to be a good day and I have a choice to make it a good day. Right. Do what makes it a good day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have the choice. And I love what you said about being stuck for the last 18 months. Like, yes, it hurt services. It hurt a lot of people's businesses. But if you did not take that opportunity to start making really good connections and grow your relationships, and I call it continuing education. Every time I get on Clubhouse, I'm there to make friends and to have discussions, yes. But it's also continuing education because I'm learning stuff all of the time that I can then turn around and help my clients with in my way kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's, there's... Yeah. It's so powerful, but it's we have so to be much. open to it, yeah. you know, and, and people, I, I invite, you know, those that are listening to just, we got to check our egos, right? Check the ego um, and, and, and leave it, leave it in a corner somewhere. But when you, when you show up, show up in, in, in all that it is and, and come from a place of service. And, and I assure you the results are different the energy is different. Almost definitely. Right. When you, when you come with that mindset. Yes, very much. So it's, it's a lot less stressful and it makes it a lot less hard to be in business for yourself. Mm -hmm. You end up attracting those kind of people to you. And so then when you're surrounded with people that are all about service and they're like-minded and they're positive and they're taking things that others would consider failures and learning lessons from them and turning them into something positive somehow, whether it's just, okay, mm -hmm. I know that that doesn't work. So I won't try that again. I'm going to try it this right. thing. It makes all the difference in being a business owner in my Absolutely. Oh, hand, hands down. It does. Yeah. Hands down. It does. I love this. I love this so much getting to learn all mm -hmm. about the ins and outs of how you got started and whatnot. So yeah, I've never shared that story before. <laughs> you did not publicly um, <laughs> until today. So you got that out of me. I love it. Let's see what else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long was your business going when COVID hit? And then how did COVID affect you? And what did you do to pivot through COVID? Mm -hmm. So it was just coming up, you know, uh, March of 2020. And so May of that year, so May of 2020 would have celebrated five years. Okay. And 2020, in by all accounts, um, going into 2020, it was going to be, and I had seen steady growth, like beautiful growth, but 2020 was going to be the year. Right. Things were going to blow up. There was so much on the docket. There was so much already booked. There was so much already planned. There were trips to Chicago and to Spain and to Paris and to San Antonio and all of the places, all client work, um, not to mention the other client work that I do. And then. And then COVID. <laughs> and and uh, no joke, when everything shut down, um, in March, I lost over half of my business, um, in the span of 24 hours. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, that was, that, that hurt, that hurt. It was no one's doing, right. uh, you know, in particular, they had to make business decisions and clearly there was not going to be travel. So 
every trip was gone. Um, all of that stuff, there were projects that were due to be national campaigns, but that also involved travel, gone. Um, you know, uh, grants that were, again, we were successful in being awarded grants, the clients were, and I was to execute on pieces of it. Couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So that, that was really, really tough. And then you sat there and, you know, like everyone, I think we all had to take a moment and go have a pity party. Like what the heck am I going to do now? Right. And I, and I didn't give myself a lot of time to sit in that space because I don't think that's a productive place for me to be. I'm a doer. I need to get things done. And instantly I go into, all right. So within a week of that um, happening, we had myself and and five um, others at the time, because we had this national campaign that we were all supposed to be working on, and it was running um, related, we were like, well, that's not happening. So let's do a running event. And we ended up doing the very first um, on April 4th, um, the Quarantine Backyard Ultra. And it was virtual and it was attended, it was free. We set it up so fast. We, you know, I mean, it was the fastest thing we had ever worked on with no intention other than, well, hey, we've got some fit athletes and we're gonna (laughs) do whatever. We set it up on Zoom, we made all the things happen. There were 63 countries represented, over 2,300 people signed up to participate in what is a backyard ultra format. And um, it lasted forever. We live streamed it on Zoom. We had the best ultra runners in the world, along with a whole bunch of other people participating in a backyard race for the first time ever. It lasted 63 hours. Holy cow. And it was live streamed, like I said, on Zoom the entire time. We got picked up by the Washington Post, the New York Times, Sports Illustrated, um, Runner's World, uh, wow. China, China Morning Post here in Canada, all over the world. People were talking about this little thing um, that we put together in under two weeks and thought it might be something and had no idea um, what it was. And, and the creator of the backyard for any listeners that might be runners, they would know the name Lazarus Lake. He's also the creator of the Berkeley Marathons. And um, Laz participated. He was up on Zoom and and everything as kind of an honorary RD, if you will. And that just, you know, gave us exactly what we needed to feel like, hey, that that was fun. Yeah, we can. Okay, great. So you can still get creative and, and, you know, and it doesn't need to be perfect. And we didn't know all the ins and outs, but the team was was really incredible. Um, and they were able to do a lot of things and, and we took that and, you know, there were some shifts and, and people went on to do other things, but four of us went on to do another one in July and, you know, were there less numbers? Yes, but there were still 20 some countries and it lasted again for 51 hours. Um, and then we went on, I had the trip. How long do you run? Like even yeah. actually, how long do you run yeah. that much? Well, <laughs> turns out, turns out we went on to do the world championships with Laz. Laz hosts it every year in Tennessee. But because again, in this case, travel, psh, nobody was coming to Tennessee other than the Americans that could travel um, there. And so 
we, because Laz knew that we had done this virtual version of it, we actually helped Laz showcase his world championships with 22 countries again, and a new world record was set. Um, so at 75 hours, and then it went on just in June for a real in-person event. And now the record holds at 81 hours. Like, so that's 363 like, miles that they ran. That yeah. sounds like I would need a whole week to sleep and recover. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And I apologize. I get really excited talking no, about the running no, events because it, it blows my mind what people are capable of doing. And, yeah. and now, like I said, um, you know, going back to the power of relationships, we had proven that we could do something. And, you know, somebody like Laz, who is iconic in the ultra running community and, and being able to work with Laz on his race that he created uh, was such a special moment and really humbled and honored to be a part of it. I was part of the broadcast team and, yeah. you know, I, I, I got about five hours sleep in that 75. So I got more than the runners um, collectively and really now looking forward to going to Tennessee in October to actually be there with them to do the broadcast live from Tennessee. Right. Um, and that would not have happened, you know, so this is the opportunity stuff that we're talking about, right? We don't know when we show up what might happen. And that's what's so exciting about it. But it always comes back to relationships and maintaining your integrity, you know, through it all. Um, and, you know, just again, humbled and honored to be a part of it. I can totally picture you totally fangirling over this because I know that you are a very avid runner yourself. So, yeah. So I've, <laughs> I've you know, I've had the privilege. Uh, so John Stocker um, out of the UK, he holds the current world record now, as I say, with 81 hours. Um, I had the privilege of talking to him two days ago for my podcast, um, Go Figure. And uh, we were, we were talking about how we're both going to be fanning it up because he's such a huge fan of the Courtney DeWalters and, and the, and Harvey Lewis's and the Maggie's like all of the people that are going to be in Tennessee. And yet John is the current world record holder. And he's like, I didn't show, I had no, I didn't know how long this race was going to be Stephanie. I, I just have one thing. I just needed to keep going one more lap. And, and, you know, so he's going into this race and we're, we're both crossing our fingers and our eyes and our toes that travel will open up. And these amazing athletes will actually be able to make it to Tennessee in October. Most definitely. Most definitely. What an amazing pivot that you did. Yeah. Like how yeah. is that for being something to pull you out of the pity party dumps, right? Like, holy cow. Pretty cool. I mean, and ask me, I mean, I'm a small town girl, right? I grew up in a really small town in, in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. And if you had asked me or even suggested to me years ago, that I'd see my name in print in the New York times, I would have told you you were crazy. Right. Um, but now it's one of my prized possessions, which hangs in my office every day and reminds me that all things are possible. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember the first time that I had a picture published, a picture that I took. I was a second shooter for a wedding. So I did not submit it, but the photographer that I was working with submitted stuff. And one of my pictures got picked to be published in um, one of the local Arizona, not local, but the Arizona bridal magazines. And then I had Amazing. a client that did runs and, um, 
he did like 5k and 10k runs and did events for those runs and I went into a Harkins movie theater and we were sitting there waiting for the movie to start and they had these ads that came through and they had an ad campaign that was going that I didn't know that was going through for the movie theater and it was all my pictures. Just those two little things alone, I was like, stop the press. Wow. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you to stop right now and you better have copies of all that stuff and you should be sharing that. <laughs> I don't. Seriously, it doesn't even matter. Those are like the perfect throwback Thursday, flashback Friday. Remember when? Oh my gosh. Like it legitimately is. It's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm just saying I could not imagine if I had something that was published on, you know, Wall Street the New York times, something like that. That's like huge. Not well, you know, and it's just to be a part of it. Like it doesn't even matter. Like, listen, being on a local TV show, being on a local radio show, being on a podcast, sharing your story, allowing other people to connect to you or resonate with your story. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, of course it lends credibility to what you're doing as a business owner. Hey, yes, of course it does. I mean, I am a publicist. I do work with high performance athletes and authors and things like that. So of course it's nice to be able to say, Oh, and by the way, you know, um, yeah, like, but, but I didn't plan any any of that. There was no, there was no strategy going (laughs) here. How do I land the New York times? It was like, we were doing something so epic and, and it was really the runners. We were the organizers. Yes. But the runners were out there doing something that was so unique that had never been done before. Yeah it was impossible for the media to not want to cover this. Right. Well, and I guess that's my point that I was trying to make. So whether it was a small win like mine, small time win or big time win like yours was the fact that we showed up, we did us, we were who we are and and then those things happen from it. It just kind of ties back into, you don't realize how showing up and being you and doing the thing, what kind of ripple effect that that's going to have. Then you have some sort of cool back Thursday story to share. (laughs) Well, and, and listen, if we can just spend a second, um, again, for anyone who's listening, because I, I, I'm kind of passionate about this too. Yes. People talk about the, the blue check mark, right? The verification, the influencer, the whatever. And listen, okay, fine. Great. You've got a blue check mark. That's wonderful. Um, I want, to challenge everyone to think about the fact that they are an influencer every single day that they decide to show up. It doesn't matter if you have a blue check mark or not. It doesn't matter if you have a million followers. It doesn't matter if you have a thousand followers or a hundred followers. If you show up to serve and create value for your community, you're an influencer. End of story. Yes. Yep. If you can make one person's day, whether that's solving a problem in their business, giving them some sort of advice, or even just making them laugh and be in a better mood, like influencer. Hands down. And this is why I think, you know, it it has a lot of negative connotation when people say such and such or being a, being an influencer. And I'm like, we all are, we all have the ability. We all have the choice to show up a certain way and decide um, what today is going to be and how we're going to influence those relationships in our life. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. We talk about this in our clubhouse rooms all the time. I would rather have, you know, a thousand followers and have 
you know, a couple hundred of those be like actively engaged where I'm making connections and doing stuff with them than 10,000 followers where I only have maybe 10. Yeah, there, there is, there is a point unless you've got a team that too many is just too many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how can you, how can you, you know, I mean, because how can you deepen those relationships? Yeah. Um, but Hey, listen, if something magically happened and you went viral and you ended up with a million followers, but they kept following you and you kept putting out, you know, that value and you were still authentically you, then more power to you. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's really what I want people to, to think. Cause it does happen. I mean, people go viral all the time, yeah. you know, and, but then they're not ready for it because they weren't expecting it because that's not why they showed up, which right. is really my point. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So after these virtual races and such, was there anything else that you did to pivot in your business to fight off COVID? Oh my gosh. There's, there's so much. Um, and you know, really it just came from everything that I was doing because I'm a high energy person, even though I like my alone time, I get my energy from people. It was where else can I be that will, that will feed me right? That will feed that part of me that I need and that, that creativity and, and really being able to identify. Yeah, it has to be. And so the beauty of TikTok, right? The beauty of TikTok and while it was entertaining and fun and I was making connections and I was sharing a little bit of business, but that wasn't the focus. It was fueling my cup and, you know, and I'm still on there. And, and amazingly, unless people are on platforms like TikTok or Clubhouse and they've actually had interactions with people, when they hear me say that these are like real friends, they go, like, how can that be, Stephanie? You, like, you, you, you met them on an app and, and you never even met them in person. And, and you, you know, you do these little live things and you're talking to yourself on your phone, you know, because <laughs> nobody can talk back other than in the chat, you know, like on TikTok. And I'm like, no, I don't I think you understand. Said, Mom, you have friends? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it, but it is that. And it's as simple as that, but putting yourself out there and finding the spaces. And then, you know, yes, have I been able to build my business as a result of time spent real time spent getting to know people on TikTok or on Clubhouse or on Instagram or on Facebook or LinkedIn, of course. Right. Um, but, but it takes time. And those offerings might look different. Those services might be different right now. And maybe we'll get back to what they used to be before and starting to do in person. But so much of it just being open to trying new things, you know, doing things like master classes, which I've always done workshops in person. Right. you know, and, and teaching, um, I do that on a regular, but now it's shifted, you know, to online and then taking what my skills are and being able to package those in such a way that I know is going to give someone extreme value and being okay with allowing to, to say that because before it used to be, I'll just let my, my work speak for itself. Well, nobody's seeing the work because the work isn't happening. I've got to now show them. Right. 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 You have to open your mouth and express it and share it versus just stand by. And exactly. Go. I love that you brought that up. So do you think that when things, if things ever get back to a semblance of normal and people go back to more in-person stuff, will you, are you considering shifting any of your stuff back into in-person or do you think? I'm going to go, I'm going to go hard on online. Are you? I, I've, I've already have been, and I don't think that that's going to go away. I think what has happened 
in these last, you know, um, 18 months, let's say, give or take, that businesses in general have realized if they have the structures and the systems in place, that there can be and continue to be huge amounts of productivity coming out of their employees, coming out of growing their online businesses online. And so I don't think that that's going to go away. And what it's done for me is it now has allowed me the opportunity to do business with people across the pond, um, south of the border that I would never have even had access to because I would have been so focused on my local area, my, you know, current client base, because I would have just been, been turning it out. Right. I just would have been doing the things because there wouldn't have been a need to change. Why? 2020 was going to be my best year yet. Turns out it wasn't, um, you know, and 2021 has been really slow, um, to come back. It's slowly starting to, but we're all still hesitant. And so I'm in no rush to go back to what I think it might look like, because I don't even know when that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of of the same mind. I've, um, which I, I won't share here during this episode. I will share with you afterwards though, when we chat, mm-hmm. but I have done a couple of pivots myself and, um, I agree. A lot of businesses are finding that they have to transition to be online somehow to stay relevant. And I think that even if things were to go back to some sort of semblance of normal, some of those small businesses are not going to be able to figure out or afford to, or have the time or the resources to be able to go back into this over here and still maintain this. And Mm -hmm. so I I agree. I think that a lot of stuff is still going to stay online. I think a lot of stuff should still stay online. It definitely increases the productivity and stuff. I know for Mm -hmm. myself, um, some of the stuff that I have coming up that I'm doing, I'm like, yes, I don't have to minimize my availability schedule because I stay home with my grandkids right now during the week Mm -hmm. to just shooting on the weekend. By doing Mm -hmm. this stuff, I can open up when I'm available because I can still be at home and do it. And so, yeah, I think it makes all of the difference. It's going to be It does. It really does. And it's so good to see that people are again going, hey, we always say think outside the box, but legitimately. Like people are, you know, (laughs) their creativity is off the roof with what, what people have been able to think about, come up with and the turnaround time, because either they were jumping on and it's not a trend over on, you know, Instagram reels or anything, but it's this notion of like, look at how many people started making masks and branding masks and making them this and that and whatever. And then all of a sudden everybody was selling masks. Okay, well now we're not just doing masks, we're doing da 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 But I mean, literally people were jumping on it and good for them because they saw a need and they knew that they could fill it. Right, yeah, and that's what it's about. That's what mm-hmm. being a business owner is about. <laughs> that's what it is, that's what it is for sure. I love it. Well, we are getting close to our time. I could sit and talk with you all day long, but I know that you are a very likewise stuff going on. <laughs> so I would ask what is so for our listeners right now, if they are a small business owner already, they have an existing business and they are still struggling to recover from the hit of COVID. What is one piece of advice that you would give them to consider to help them try to get unstuck with whatever it is that they're stuck on? 
Well, you know what I've been talking about a lot right now and, and even in our conversation today, we know that people have gone online. We know that people are spending more and more time consuming content from different creators. We know that we're getting in front of people that we probably didn't have a chance to before our, our follower count, our community is growing. Think about ways to get creative, make sure that you are deepening the relationships um, on and off of social media. It, yes. it does take a little more concise effort, but I really wanna encourage people, particularly those that are running online businesses, if you're not already doing email marketing, um, if you aren't already uh, growing email lists, if you aren't already thinking about that, um, even if you're just starting today, if you've stumbled upon this conversation and you're like, I'm fired up and I want to take my side hustle all the way, start doing that right out of the gate. It's the one Oh, I shouldn't say it's the one regret. I have lots of things that I look back on and go, dang, I wish I had done that differently. But the one thing that I delayed was my growing of my email list, starting to capture that and really continuing to deepen the relationships. Assuming we know that social media is going to be around uh, for a very long time, it's not going anywhere. In fact, it continues more apps coming out all of the time, right? But get people thinking about, huh, how am I going to communicate with my followers, those people that can be warm leads off of social media and email marketing is the answer. I love that. I love that. And that ties me into asking you, I was looking at my calendar here and this episode should be getting published on Monday, August 9th, which okay. I think puts it just in time for something awesome that you have that you're offering. So go ahead and give us your shameless plug. Oh my gosh. And of course, you know, as a marketer, <laughs> I love a good shameless plug. Um, you know, really it is true. I, I said it before, I've been developing and working hard to always create value for people. And so it took me about five weeks to develop a masterclass. Um, on lead magnets and opt-ins and freebies and helping people understand the importance of starting and growing an email list to develop those warm leads thereafter. And, you know, it's great because it's a free masterclass. It's going to be jam-packed for a whole hour. And yes, it's right after. Uh, it's Wednesday, August 11th at yep. 11 Eastern, 11-11. That was important to me. And when so, she says yeah. it's jam-packed, she means it's jam-packed. I do clubhouse rooms with Miss Stephanie, and when she has her coffee and she is on a roll, there, like <laughs> it is just boom, 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 boom. You are getting smacked in the. Floor. We like to keep the energy up. Yes, we like to keep the energy up. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely, I love it. Okay, so if anybody is hearing this and they want to, and there's still time. Um, and they're hearing this before Wednesday, what would be the easiest way for them to contact you to be able to get signed up for that masterclass? I am oh. going to have your links and your information in the episode details. Um, so perfect. Just so that's always great, right? But if they need to hear it, it's at Take Roots PR on Instagram. And again, right in that link, you will see it. It is the opt-in to make sure that you claim your seat for the masterclass because I want people to be present. They need to be present to get all the gems. They need to be present. There's no replay. There's no whatever. You need to be present. Bring a notepad, bring a pen, fill up your water bottle and dedicate one hour of 
that day to yourself to invest in your business. It's a one and done. If you miss it, sorry, sucker. Sucks to suck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of the deal. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that I have those links put into your episode details here. And when I post this, I'll make sure that I tag you and we'll include that in the caption as well so that we can try to get as many butts in the seats as possible because I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. I'm just coming in to listen and learn. And I am totally stoked about it because I have an existing email list and I am all about nurturing my existing following, but I know that this old dog can always learn new tricks. So always, I'm we all can down for it. So, all right, Miss Steph. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you. And to our audience, thank you for spending your time with us here again today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and got something from it. Make sure that you connect with us on social media and we'll be seeing you next time. So thank you for coming. Bye-bye. Hey friends, are we having fun yet? If you like what you're hearing here on the Picture It podcast, I'd ask for you to do a girl a solid. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button up there. Go ahead and turn on your notifications. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. If you would like to connect with me to say hi, to give me some topic ideas, or to come on as a guest speaker, please do. You can connect with me on Facebook or on Instagram at jwilsonpix. That's J-W-I-L-S-O-N-P-I-X.